This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, summer, fall, winter, and spring. Whatever you garden, wherever you garden. This is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's. Grow the world you want with help from Scott's. Well, hello there, and here we are on a Saturday morning. Beautiful uh, sunny one, And too. you know something? I got okay, a little in-joke here, folks, why I'm almost giggling. Uh, Frank Proctor here with Charlie Dobbin, by the way. The sous chef I was just in the midst of telling uh, Charlie about a, uh, an experience I had in radio many moons ago about a guy working, and I, I won't say his name because I, I think he's still around, but he was a newsman who had a great, gorgeous voice. But one day, he was standing in the, I'm in the control room on the air, and and uh, he was just in the doorway, and one of our lovely secretaries kind of had to squeeze by him, and he had a fairly big gut. Yeah. And so he, he sucked in his tummy, and his pants fell right to his ankle. <laughs> well, I was on the air, and I'm, I'm just, I'm convulsed. Exactly. You know, so. Try and explain yeah, that to your so listeners. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about sucking in my tummy for no, a year, because no. I want to be. hang out. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Advice from Charlie Dobbin. Oh, my goodness. Well, here we are, a rather chilly Saturday morning but not bad, at least sunny. And it's going to warm up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very chilly yesterday. And I think probably some concerns on the part of many of, you know, us gardeners last night as the temperatures dipped below zero and that northwest wind was whistling through. I... um, I know, I, I'm sure I wasn't alone kind of doing a quick tour of the garden and thinking, hmm, a little blanket here, a little, yeah, little yeah. Uh, you know, electric blanket here, a little <laughs> windbreak here, you know, just because there are a lot of plants ahead of schedule. Never worry about the bulbs. The bulbs will handle whatever the weather comes, you know, right. Mother Nature throws. But it's throws. the stuff that's up. Well, it's the things that have started to bud, and then Mm. the buds have started to unfurl. So, for example, I mean, there are many people out there with forsythia, the bright yellow blooming shrubs in full flower as we speak. Mm. They should be fine. A little bit of cold weather, maybe a little tattered, uh, you know, from the wind, but otherwise they'll be fine. The one that's the most noticeable, of course, are the magnolia, because the magnolia are shrubs growing into mm-hmm. large trees with big flowers. They're like tulip flowers, right? Right, They're, yeah. You remember those mm-hmm. trees with the big monster flowers on them. So people love them. I mean, they plant them for the ornamental value, and the last thing you want to do is have them just, you know, almost on the verge of being perfect, and, and then, then have this big wind and, yeah. and freezing rain and... Gosh knows what else came at them yesterday. But but again, I think that we'll find 
they're fine. Mm-hmm. Might see a little bit of pock marking on some of the, the petals, a little bit of brown spots just from the, the icy rain that was coming down. But generally speaking, I think we'll find the flowers will hold on. And the cool weather is good because the cool weather prolongs the blooms. Right. So yeah. uh, I don't think there's anything to worry about. The one thing we'll find out more about as time goes on will be the commercial fruit tree growers, the apples and pears, oh, right. and peaches and yeah. apricots, all the people down sort of southwest uh, and, and you know Niagara Way. Yeah. If that frost had any uh, debilitating effects on the flowers or flower buds of the fruit trees, we will see a smaller crop come come harvest time. Right. Well, that, that's encouraging words. Uh, at least that you know we haven't heard anything as yet. That no, as far as I know, that's right. So, and again, I don't think it yeah. will be a huge problem. I mean, that it's it's not. I mean, it's only April the tenth. Yeah, so, come on. But <laughs> things are so ahead. Well, we got it's we really got a great jump start spring. on spring, almost into summer. For gosh sakes, no kidding. The, you know, uh, yeah. Well, give me spring. I like spring. Okay, forget now, this summer. You're getting your notes together to plug a few things coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remind folks that they are listening here to AM seven forty to the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the Garden, and uh, the Toronto phone number for you to call is 416-360-0740 and anywhere else in the province it is toll free 1-866-740-4740 so what's going on charlie okay so a couple of quick announcements uh this tuesday april the 13th at 7 30 p.m the scarborough garden and hort society will be hosting their general meeting with speaker david naylor he's speaking on growing hardy succulents in ontario and he's uh, quite the grower of hardy succulents. He's the founder of the Toronto Cactus and Succulent Club and is an expert on these plants, not only locally, but also internationally. The Scarborough Garden and Hort Society meets at the Scarborough Village Community Centre, which is 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. All are welcome. Admission is free. The other thing is, mark this on your calendars for next week, and Scugog, uh, it's actually called the Scugog Spring Garden Show. So, of course, you know Scugog, because well, you used to live up in Port that's, Perry. That's one right. Time, and I lived in Caesarea, just around the lake. <laughs> right. So I know Scugog as well. Well, the Scug- at the Scugog Community Rec Center, next weekend, all day Saturday and Sunday, the Spring Garden Show is on. There will be vendors, exhibitors, there's a judged flower show, daily demonstrations, speak all day Saturday and Sunday. I will be there next Sunday at 1230 speaking on the subject of annuals, new flowers, herbs, and veggies in time for spring. So I'll be uh, bringing some stuff with me to show people and uh, we'll have some fun and talk about Hey, how about that? A little show and tell with Charlie Dobbin. Oh, that sounds like such fun. (laughs) Okay, good enough. Here's one other quick thing. Oh, just remember a couple weeks ago we had a caller who said, I want to talk about balcony gardening, you know, gardening in containers. And I said, yeah, let's make April 10th Balcony Gardening Day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I forgot to remind everybody last week. But So today we're going to try and, if we can, let's talk a bit about container gardening, ask questions, share comments. We have a special guest who is a, the container gardening guru. His name is Paul Zamet. He is the Director of Horticulture at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. So oh, wow. You don't, go, you don't go far up the ladder, do no, you? Huh? No, kidding. Head I go you. totally wow. to, for the best. And he'll be with us uh, in, at about 9.30. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we've got that coming up. Very good. All right. Now, Quickly again. Okay. All right. Sierra Sill. Oh, yes. Remember how we've been talking about taking Sierra Sill for loosening up those joints? Right. Uh, I gave my mother, who had asked for some, I gave her a bottle last weekend as right. an Easter gift and explained when to take because I knew how confused you got. So she <laughs> she started taking her Sierra Sill starting last Sunday. Yeah. I called her up last night. I said, Mom, anything to report? I know it's only been a few days. How's it going? And she said, Oh, my God. And I said, What? She said, 
I am just moving. I'm passing everybody on the track. <laughs> My mom is 81, almost 82 years old. I go, what are you talking about? She goes, I am feeling downright frisky. So that's that's the quote from my mom. My mom is frisky, taking Cell after only four days. You want to get what my mom's got? Call 1-877-JOINT-14 or check com on the web. I'd like a bottle of what she's got, too. <laughs> okay, we're going to be back in just a moment here with the Garden Show from AM 740. And say hi to Carlo in just a few moments. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, your exclusive source for gardening advice, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Natural Lawn Fertilizer. And Frank Proctor here, the sous chef of the garden, and we forgot to say hi to Grace, our producer, for heaven's sakes. Good hey, morning, there Grace. She is, the first voice you will hear when calling in. And uh, Carlo has done that, and he's on the line with us right now from Toronto. Hi, Carlo. Good hey, hello. Hello. There you are. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, may I ask you my question? Yes, now? go right ahead. Uh, yes, I have um, a problem with uh, some elm or maple trees growing through my wire fence, the mesh fence. Mm-hmm. I'm having a difficult time to uh, get at them to get rid of them. Is there anything you could advise? And these are trees, have they grown up and they've actually grown into the fence? Yeah, they're intertwining through the fence, that's correct. Mm. And how big around would you say roughly the diameter of the uh, trunk? quarter of an inch to half, maybe. Okay, so a good sharp pair of loppers uh, it should allow you, a good sharp pair of loppers, you know, long-handled pruners, basically, right. should allow you to get in there. I mean, what you want to do is you want to cut these trees into chunks, and you'll take out these pieces of branch or stem chunk at a time. Sometimes, you know, I've seen it where a piece of tree continues to hang in the fence because the fence and the tree have grown together. Right. Uh, and you, that you really can't do much about. Eventually, the ch- that tree will decompose and fall off. But, but in the meantime, certainly cutting the, you know, getting them cut off at ground level is important because that will kill them. Yeah. And then it's a process of just trimming them down and getting rid of as much as you can. Because they're not, the trees will never thrive coming yeah. up in the fence like that. Problem I've got it's uh, the fence is uh, uh, my neighbor's fence, mm-hmm. and the trees are coming from her side. Mm. So I don't know what my liability is of anything there. Well, you better have maybe having a chat with her. Would that help? Y- yes. Yeah. Start by talking to the neighbor for sure. Frank raises a good point. And remember, you do have, there's that magical line that runs from the fence line straight up into the sky that is right. your property versus their property. So, I mean, you can always trim any branches that are coming over into your space. But you're right. You can't actually reach through the fence to yeah. cut off those trees at ground level if they're not growing on your side of the fence. But do chat with your neighbor because, you know, honestly, the trees will never thrive. I mean, they're going to get to a certain point and then just die due to lack of the ability to thrive within the fence. So it's not doing the either of your home values any favors at all. I mean, why not just get rid of those trees and plant something proper? Right. Okay. Yeah, I have one other question. Well, I'm sorry, Carlo. You know, we we have to limit uh, one question per call because we have other folks waiting on the line, and they've been waiting for a few minutes, okay? But do call back yeah. again. Thanks, Carlo. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the call. Arita is calling in from Richmond Hill, and good morning to you, Arita. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a question for dwarf dahlias. Mm-hmm. Can I plant them right on the ground or in the pots first? Okay, so dwarf dahlias, and did you buy them? They're in packages right now? They were in a, we planted them last year, and we picked them up, mm-hmm. the, picked the bulbs right 
last fall. Okay, and where have they spent the winter? So in your they basement? Are in a cool place down in the basement. Perfect. What I would do is I would get them potted up and as soon as possible, like today if you can, oh, okay. into just, you know, pots that are just slightly bigger than the tubers. So you don't have to, if they're ultimately going to go out into the ground, the main thing is to wake them up, get them started, mm-hmm. get those little green growths, those little buds starting to grow. Mm-hmm. And, and because we are so ahead of schedule here, the ground is thawed and the soil is starting to warm up, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be in, in Richmond Hill in good shape to get those outside in the next three to four weeks. Okay. So if you can... Get them potted up, get them started on, on a sunny windowsill for the next three to four weeks. You'll be in good shape to have them flowering by June. And plant them when? Uh, in about three to four weeks outside in a sunny spot. Okay. Thank All you. right. Thank you. Thanks, thank you, Arita. Okay. And you're listening to The Garden Show here on AM740. Charlie Dobbins set to answer your questions. Phone lines in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And don't forget the mantra. Oh, yes, call early, call off, and one question per call. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hated to say that to Carlos, but, you know, it's, you just got to do it. Thanks. Okay. You're good, Frank. We're coming back to uh, say hi to Linda in Port Perry in just a moment. Southern Ontario, Western New York, wherever you're tuning in, this is your place for everything garden. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of Turf Builder Easy Seed. And uh, this is Frank Proctor, the sous chef, uh, on behalf of Charlie, welcoming Linda from Port Perry to the line. Hi, Linda. Good morning. Good morning. Charlie, I'm so excited. You're coming to Port Perry <laughs> next Saturday. Next Sunday, actually, I'll be there. Next Sunday, sorry. Yeah. Yes. I have a question about Dutchman's Pipe. Mm-hmm. How do you spell the, how do you uh, on, pronounce the botanical name, Aristocolia? That's right, exactly. Okay. I have it planted in the northeast corner of my yard. Perfect. It only uh, grew about, it's about six feet in the vine right now. Mm -hmm. Do I cut that vine back or will it grow on the old wood? Oh, it'll grow on the old wood. Do you, um, when did you plant it? Two years ago. Yeah, so exactly. It's just getting established. Yes. So give it time. Have you got it planted on the side of a garage or a fence? What is it? It's on the corner of the house, okay. but I have it supported to go up the um, drain pipe. Oh, perfect. And you know what? It's a lovely, and where it sounds like you've planted it in a good spot, it's a lovely, very easy vine for those dark, shady spots. Oh, okay. Because it does grow in the sun or the shade, so the northeast is perfect. Okay. Um, it's, it, the heart-shaped leaves... When they come out, it's almost like, like reptilian scales, you know, or feathers. I know, they just we used to have it on yeah. our farm. Yeah, they're, it's just lovely. Like there's no, it's smooth on on the side of the building or the wall or wherever it's growing. Yeah, which is not to say it doesn't stick out a few inches, but it just does it in a very elegant way. Yeah. So it's a nice plant, easy to have. And does it lead a lot of food? No, no, if anything, it's a fairly vigorous plant once it gets going. Definitely make sure that the soil is in good condition. Amend, perhaps, with a little bit of composted manure or homemade compost. Anything, you know, good organic matter is the main thing. I wouldn't crank a lot of fertilizer uh, just because it'll it'll just start growing too fast. You just want it to very nicely and slowly fill in. And And would you put the compost on top or dig it down in? Very gently cultivate it in. Okay. Excuse me, but on top and the worms and all the little... uh, microorganisms will take it all down okay. if you don't get a chance to Great. cultivate. Thank all right. you very much. And Excellent. See you next Sunday. Perfect. See you then. <laughs> Bye, Linda. Wow. <laughs> uh, maybe she'll arrange a parade for you. you that would 
be nice. Oh, see oh, all the little sounding, kids with their little wagons coming down the street. You're sounding a little jealous. Welcome. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here it is, what, 925? We're going to pitter-patter off to Pepperlaw and say <laughs> hi to Al. Hey, good morning, Al. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. wonderful morning up here. Sun shining nice and bright. Oh, Perfect. Great. Good yeah. to hear. Morning, Charlie. And how are you, Al? Wonderful, thank you. Good. What's... Love, what I was going to ask you is uh, i got some pontillas. Potentilla? Yeah. Yep. I've got about 14 of them down the edge of the driveway. Okay. Like, I want to replace them with some of them. Uh, uh, I think you call them rocket junipers. Okay. They're about four feet and they get to like a pint, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm going to dig up these uh, pontillas. There's nothing wrong with them, but I'm, I'm just a little bit disappointed in the... Uh, in, in the flowers on them that are a little bit scrubby looking like, you know, and they don't justify where they are at the front of the house like. And what I was going to do they're is not a, them. Sorry, they're not a very elegant shrub. They're a bit scruffy, as yeah, you point out. Yeah, but yeah. they are super tough. I mean, you can't get a hardier plant, trust me. And yeah. they, are they yellow flowering, the ones yeah, you have? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Carry on, yeah. And I was going to take them up and uh, put them along the fence, like uh, the, the fence is a little bit stark looking. Okay. And I thought rather than just dig them up and, and throw them away, mm-hmm. destroy them, I'd put them along the fence. Uh, now, what I was going to ask you is when would be the best time to do that? <laughs> also, mm-hmm. we've been shopping around looking for some of these uh, juniper things. Mm-hmm. And now they've got some in the stores like at the moment, but they're, uh, they're cedars. And, mm-hmm. you know, like they look nice when they're small now, but I know what cedars are going to be like. Uh, later on in the season, they're just going to get all, you know, scraggy looking and, and they um, encourage the mosquitoes, you know. Uh, now, what other plants is that out there or a sh- small shrub that grows to a point like that, you know? Okay, so here, so let's take the first question. Moving the potentilla now is a perfect time. Now, if you yep. can't get out today, any time in the next two weeks, just, uh, you know, dig down, carry as large a root ball as you can as you move those potentilla to their new location. So keep the soil around the roots, uh, put them into their new spot, make sure it's a sunny location. Yeah, and it's that, on the eastern, northeastern location, so we get lots of sun this time in the morning. Okay, so because you'll get better flowering on potentilla the more sun they're in. They're very, very uh, tolerant of hot, sunny conditions, um, even poor soils. Uh, potentilla are, are great. So just get them into, and of course, make sure they're planted at the same depth that they're planted now when you put them in the new location. And uh, as I said, any time now is great. Use a little um, quick start or transplanter fertilizer just to get the roots growing and give them a trim at the same time. Just give them a bit of a haircut, cut about a third of the potentilla down uh, off, right off the top, just to help cause a little bit of branching and dense growth and they'll look better. Yeah. Now, in terms of your driveway, the, what direction does the front of the house face? Well, it's, it's a corner lot. Okay. And the front is like where these are going is on the uh, uh, northeast side, but I'm replacing them um, on the new one to be going in on the, to be like on the northwest side. Right. So fairly windy spot then. Yeah. Now, what worries me about junipers <clears throat> or cedars or any evergreen for that matter is that when the strong, cold northwest wind blows in the wintertime, we sometimes get dehydration or desiccation of the evergreens on that northwest side because of the cold wind. And that, yeah, I agree with you that it can be a more formal, a more elegant entrance along the driveway, leading visitors up your driveway to have the, that, that uh, pyramidal evergreen shape. So I can understand your desire for that. Remember that cedars can be trimmed and kept tidy. 
junipers as well can be trimmed and should be trimmed and kept tidy. The, the advantage of cedars is they're better designed to shed snow than many of the junipers. Junipers have a tendency to crack open when the snow falls and just uh, sort of splay like a, like a banana with a peel yeah. down around the base. Yeah. So you will need to remember to use twine and tie up those junipers every fall just to keep all the branches in an upright position yeah. Yeah. through the entire winter and water like crazy in the fall before freeze up to help them survive. Yeah. But the other option would be to go with a, a fairly, I mean you could go with something like um, a hardy like a lilac for example, lilac shrubs or even standard little lilac no, trees. We, excuse me. We have a couple of lilacs on the property. Oh dear. You know, okay. And they they get a they are bushy like mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like a drive in drive out. I don't yeah. want to keep them on the inner circle. Right. To give it to, like you say a, a bit of uh, appearance. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to ask you if we bought if we bought um, the um, the cedars mm-hmm. is it like this this different types of cedars, which which one would you uh, advise us to okay. get? Okay, like, you're absolutely sure. right. There are two kinds of cedars, and the kind you're going to see right now for sale at very good prices in every sort of big box store are emerald cedars, and they have come from the West Coast, emerald, Oregon. Emerald? Emerald, just yeah, like okay. the color emerald. They have come from the West Coast, either Oregon or British Columbia. They are not the best plants for exposed locations in Ontario. They, uh, the best chance of success is to plant them in the spring, never plant them in the fall. Uh, but try and get them from a, a, a retailer who will provide a guarantee for you. Just because yeah. those emerald cedars can, for no apparent reason, turn brown over the winter and suddenly they look really silly and have to be replaced. So they can be a bit a, a fair amount of work. My preferred cedar is the native to Ontario white cedar or eastern cedar, it's called. Okay. Okay, okay Charlie. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. Good luck with that, yeah. Al. Have a great day, Al. In beautiful Pepperlaw. Yes, okay. exactly. Pepperlaw. And uh, it's 9.31 here on the Charlie Dobbin Show, yes. The, the Garden Show, yes, well, yes. yes indeed. And um, <laughs> we... <laughs> Thanks for that, Frank. Uh, you're welcome. Welcome, Jarlene. Well, um, remember that we had talked about balcony gardening. Yeah. Uh, a, a number of our callers are in-ground gardeners, obviously, but we have a special guest. His name is Paul Zamet, and he is the best when it comes to container gardening, so he's going to join us in a minute. All right. Do we have Paul there? Hello, Charlie. Good morning, Paul. This Hello, is Frank. Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Great, thanks. So you're in sunny uh, Ottawa today. Yes, I am. Is it like 90 below there? I'm exaggerating. I, no, actually, you know, it's looking at it to be a half decent day. When we got here yesterday, it was uh, a bit scary, but uh, <laughs> the sun is shining right now, so I'm pleased. Oh, good to hear. And uh, tulips are up out of the ground in Ottawa yet or not? Yeah, yet? we see. With the certain ones are picking, poking through, like the Greggies and uh, oh. Red Riding Hood, etc. They're poking. Nice. So. So the Tulip yeah. Festival is soon in Ottawa, I would think. I believe so. Yeah, I think it's just a, a few weeks away. Yeah, I think it's in May sometime, usually. Yeah. All right, well, well, we'll look more in, into that later. But I've kind of presented you as not only the, the, hort- the Director of Horticulture at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, but as the container guy. Oh, my goodness. Okay, pressure's well, on. <laughs> well, exactly. But, I mean, Paul, I mean, come on. You have a long history of being the guy who can do amazing things with containers. I mean, it's everybody in on- I do. I do love them. So, you yeah. do, and you do a fine job with them. Thank you. So here's just a couple of quick questions. I mean, yeah. the, uh, we've got listeners who have balconies and mm. porches and verandas, and they're going to—they're looking for ideas on probably some good suggestions, either on plants that you would recommend for, say, sunny, windy locations versus mm-hmm. shady. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you had a favorite book 
or a favorite reference material that you go to or have gone to in the past okay. for or favorite website, something like that. Just because I think it's it's an information thing for a lot of people and ideas. So just there's a real general opening question, but I know you, you can probably ramble on and I'll have to cut you off anyway. <laughs> That's so true. But, but certainly there's, there's a lot of fantastic books that have just been released. Mm-hmm. Sonia Day has just released one um, on growing edible, delicious edibles. Mm-hmm. And the one I'm, I'm reading right now is the one uh, by Gayla Trail. Uh, yes. You, um, from You Grow Girl, mm-hmm. uh, calling Grow Great Grub. It's it's quite excellent. What I what I'm really proud about them is that they're local books. So mm-hmm. we hear a lot about you know buying local and eating local, and here's where we can actually read local. That's right, like Toronto local. Exactly, and I'm looking forward to Lorraine Johnson's um, City Farming uh, book, which will be out, coming out in May, I believe. Um, that, from what I've read so far, is sounding fantastic. Okay, I'm catching a theme here. These are all edibles. They are. <laughs> they are, certainly. And um, and that seems to be one of the, the big pushes. And when we're getting lots of questions is people wanting to grow edibles in smaller spaces, such mm-hmm. as balconies, etc. But certainly that's not the only limit. Um, the, the most important advice that I give people is, you know, really getting to know the spot, Charlie, mm-hmm. where they're trying to grow things, know what they're dealing with, know how much light, um, the sunlight, when it gets it during the day, what shadows there are. Know mm-hmm. the wind, which is extremely important, particularly the higher up you go, mm-hmm. the more windy it is. Also, know yourself. Put yourself into the equation when you're selecting plants. Mm-hmm. You know, you, the higher up you go, it can get very windy. Plants can suffer from uh, dryness. So if you're not one of those that's a faithful water, mm-hmm. look for plants that can grow in dry conditions, mm-hmm. such as succulents, balkan geraniums or ivy geraniums that need to be a little bit on the dry side or portulaca. All mm-hmm. will be suitable for those conditions. Mm-hmm. The other one that I remind people about is, is selecting the container carefully as well. Right. We know always, 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 no matter what anyone says, they must have drainage holes. Mm-hmm. And the medium that you put in the container or the soil mix that goes in the container is actually you know, a lightweight potting soil that's fairly airy that, that will allow for good root growth but will absorb a good amount of water. Sure. Good points. All good points. What about fertilizer? Fertilizer, it really depends on what you're growing. There are some fertilizers out there now that uh, if you're growing just ornamental plants, a slow-release fertilizer that you apply once during the growing season mm-hmm. on the top of the soil, and it releases through based on temperature and time. Personally, I'm, I'm more a fan of water-soluble fertilizers that become immediately available to the plant. And if you are growing vegetables, I'm a big fan of fish emulsions or creating manure teas, um, just something as organic as possible. Paul, can I sneak in a question here? Frank here, by the way. Um, yes, right. I, I live in an apartment, and, and I've often thought on our balcony, we live on the third floor, mm-hmm. uh, on the balcony, it'd be nice to have kind of a, a, an ivy just going. And now whether I can uh, kind of construct a little... Last. Uh, yeah, last or whatever, uh, to have the thing. Can you recommend a, a particular ivy that would be easy to grow? Because I am not, as Charlie will attest, the greatest <laughs> gardener in the world. Well, uh, it's good that you're honest about it, because that's very <laughs> important, too. Um, certainly I could do so, but one thing I would suggest, though, before you do so, just check with building codes. All right, Some yeah. Are quite restrictive in terms of what you're able to put up. Right. Some of the English ivies are okay. You just have to watch. If it's a really windy location, I wouldn't suggest them. Um, but if, if it's a bit more sheltered, they'd be okay. But per- 
personally, I would go more something along the line of Boston Ivy or Virginia Creeper. They're both quite quick-growing uh, uh-huh. and fairly aggressive, um, but you can certainly you know, spend some time out there trimming them down. The Boston Ivy has a phenomenal fall color as well. Or if, if you want something that's not as large or quick-growing, consider some of the vine plants, perhaps things like honeysuckle or even some of the larger flowering clematis will give you a screen, but also give you a show from the blossoms as well, and they're quite winter-hardy. Or my thought as well for somebody like Frank would be something like scarlet runner beans, yeah. uh, something very quick growing, obviously very inexpensive because mm-hmm. we grow from seed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it could be you could go with even, you know, sugar snap peas, right? The edible oh, yeah. pod peas. Now is when you want to be planting those seeds. They'll grow up as long as you got a little bit of sun happening yeah, yeah. there. Oh, yeah. And you can be out there sitting on the balcony watching the birds. Having a bean. Eating. <laughs> well, no, the peas. And the same peach, with yeah. the scarlet beans. Yeah, you could, those you have to cook, though. Can't just eat them off the vine. Um, I love thunder. Bergia vine, yes. which is like um, it's uh, what do they call it? There's a common name for that. Is black-eyed Susan vine? Back, yeah, it's like a little yellow flower with a brown center. Well, that uh, thank you very much, and I'm going to be checking with the super there, Murray, and he'll let me know whether I'm out of uh, out of line or not. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much, Paul. If to create some winter interest, mm-hmm. um, make sure that you do, do a nice lattice that which it could grow on, mm-hmm. right? So that even when it's not growing in the winter months, you'll just have the stems. There's still some decorative element to the lattice, uh-huh. right? Because uh, remember, winter is a season, and you should garden uh, and decorate for winter as well, even on a balcony, Frank. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Absolutely. No, that's absolutely yeah. right. That you know, structure, garden structure. It is about the plants, and sometimes people want to grow evergreens and things mm-hmm. like that out on their balcony, and, and of course, that can be done, right, Paul? Yes. Yeah, just selecting carefully. Um, I know I heard you mentioning about winter winds, and that really increases several times the higher up you go off Mm -hmm. the ground. And as a general rule, what I've learned, um, and I learned it from one of the greatest horticulturists, I believe, uh, uh, John Vello, is when you're gardening on a balcony, consider gardening with plants that are hardy to one or two zones, colder than where your ground zone is, right? um, because the zones do change as you become elevated off of the ground. Exactly. So, for example, if you're living in Toronto, that's a zone six, generally speaking. So any plants you choose that are like long-term ornamental plants for, for many, many years, you hope them to survive, zone four is what you're looking at or lower for the hardiness exactly. rating. Yeah. And also depending on how high, I mean, just a few floors mm. up, you're okay, but mm-hmm. you hear people, you know, 12 or 15 floors up. Well, yeah. Or 21 or 22. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've done that where I've, you know, put it. I find as well, when you do get to the higher levels or you get to the people who want the big trees and shrubs mm-hmm. or the big wind situations, the bigger the container, the better the chance of survival. Yes. You've and got more soil. Charlie, as everyone often will tell you, you know, use lightweight containers because mm-hmm. you can get them up there easily, mm-hmm. which is so true. Mm-hmm. But once they're up there, you need some bottom weight, and mm-hmm. that's where a few bricks or gravel on the bottom to create bottom weight becomes so important. That's right. Or in some cases, actually, you know, custom construct yes. big monster sort of boxes if, again, based on what's allowed and the zoning and the rating of the weight allowances out on your balcony and terrace, uh, that this is where you can really get proper big, you know, sort of big planters planted. A little bit of styrofoam lining on the Mm -hmm. inside helps a lot as well with keeping those roots a little bit warm over the winter. Absolutely, yes. And 
You mentioned earlier about watering well into the fall. If you've got mm-hmm. any plant material you plan to overwinter in containers, uh, keep them well watered right up until freeze up because they will dry over the winter. That's right. No matter what, just wind, sun, anything, they do, they suffer. And I collect snow and put it on my pots in the winter. I mean, people think mm-hmm. I'm just about crazy. <laughs> it works. So. I know. It's like when I shovel my driveway, I take all the snow and I put it on my roses, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Keeps them warm. It does. Yeah. It's a little blanket. Yeah. All right. So, Paul, now I know the TBG, Toronto Botanical Gardens, is, is launching um, an edible summer. Did you want to just tell us a little bit about I that? I would love before? the opportunity. It's, okay. it's a chance to celebrate all that is edible, and we'll be incorporating a lot of edible plants, not only through the garden, but it's the main focus of our kitchen garden, which this year will have the an Italian theme. And um, Frank Varangini from City TV has helped us to, um, to prepare that garden, select the plants, but also a lot of the courses. We're running a city farming course right now, and the next one is actually next weekend. And what it is, it's basically a five-month course. You can sign up for one or five classes where we literally go through. Not only do we teach you in class, but you get out there and get dirty. Mm -hmm. And what's fantastic about it, Frank and Charlie, is that we're getting retired individuals and then individuals in grade 12. So it's really bringing together Mm -hmm. the generations. Really eclectic. Yeah, that's great. It really is. And then there's a whole series. I encourage you to visit the webpage. Uh, There's a whole series of classes that we have that revolve around that, and they go right into September and a series of um, lectures as well. um, And including in our children's programs, our summer camps have Mm -hmm. edible themes to them as well, and uh, that's so phenomenal to watch the youngsters. No kidding, and that's great because that's exactly perfect timing because there's just so many people interested in how to use that that little plot of soil to get something tasty out of the ground. You're absolutely right, for sure. Thanks so much, Paul. I appreciate all your information. Thanks for the opportunity. uh, Enjoy your weekend. And thank you. Thank you for the advice as well for yours truly. I appreciate (laughs) it. My pleasure. Take care. All All right. right. Talk to you, Paul. Take care, Paul. I know. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Need gardening advice? You've come to the right place. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, the makers of miracle Grow. Well, Charlie, uh, Frank Proctor here. We're going to take a little trip on the QEW, head a little west and wind up in St. Catharines to say hi to Linda. All right. Good morning, Linda. Yes, good morning. Um, last year I invested in some fairly expensive plants, mostly hydrangeas and a climbing hydrangea, mm-hmm. two actually climbing hydrangeas, and I'm moving in uh, July, mm-hmm. and I want to take some of those plants with me. Great idea. What, what would be the best <laughs> time to dig them out? The sooner the better. Just okay. make sure you've got pots. Uh, do you still have the original pots they came out of? Uh, I think I do in two ca- in two cases, yes. And if you planted them, was it late summer last year or early spring? Um, early spring. Okay. So you might actually need pots slightly bigger than what they came out of. Okay. But, you know, you're going to do some root damage and lose some roots along the way. There's just no... no way around that when you dig up plants either for transplanting purposes or to temporarily pot them up with the intention of putting them in a new home when you move. Mm-hmm. The main thing is is get them into the pots, planting them at the same level as they are now, growing mm-hmm. in terms of the soil level, water thoroughly, of course, once you've done that. Put them in a shady spot to start with and mm-hmm. let them sit there. And you're just going to have to keep an eye on them. Water as necessary. It might be once a week. It might be once a day, depending on the temperatures and the sunshine and all that sort of thing. And they'll be happy. You know, they, um, garden centers keep plants in pots all summer mm-hmm. on concrete uh, in 
full sun, as long as they're watered once or twice a day, they do fine. But keeping in the shade means you won't have to water twice a day, just once a day if it gets hot. Okay. All right. And then when you get them to the new home, figure out a good spot for them as soon as you can and get them in the ground. Use a little transplant or fertilizer to help with that transplanting. So it won't matter if I'm putting them in in mid-July? No, it won't, except remember... It's typically can be very, very warm then. Right. So you're going to stay right on top of water requirements. And, and like I said, make sure you do use a, a transplanter or a quick start or bone meal, something to just uh, support and energize the roots for immediate, um, so, so quicker kind of an establishment on the part of the plant. Very good. Thank you very much. Well, Thanks for joining us, Linda. Good here luck with that. AM 740 in Tarana. And yes. yeah, I cut you off. Tarana. You want to you mention Speaking something? Speaking of Well, yeah. I wanted yeah. to mention, and I let Paul go before I let him mention it. Anybody who wants to learn more about the Toronto Botanical Gardens mm-hmm. and their upcoming uh, schedule for spring, whether it's their courses or just cruising around and enjoying the gardens, their website is very straightforward. It's www, one word, Toronto Botanical Garden single garden toronto botanical garden.com all kinds of good information there and join be a member it doesn't cost much to be a mm. member of the botanical garden and i'll tell you you can't come up with a more worthy cause to support than being a member there and you get great deals at the gift shop and in the lunch cafe you get discounts everywhere and if you're going to any of the seminars same thing you get special members get special deals it's totally worth it all righty <laughs> now uh, that being taken care of very handily <laughs> Too much I mentioned. There, thank you so much. <laughs> let's let's gallop off to Guelph and say hi to Brian. Hello, Brian. Uh, good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Brian. Uh, my wife called last week regarding uh, trying to get the name of a, a rather vigorous climbing vine you talked about on your show uh, two or three, three, maybe four months ago. We were listening to it on the Saturday morning, but we couldn't come up with a name. And you said you were going to check your notes to see if you could come up with it. I just wondered if you'd had anything by now. And you know what? I don't have it. Sorry, I did. And, but I still have the notes. So give me a chance. And maybe somebody who's listening will remember. The main thing is it was a very vigorous vine. That's right. It, yeah. was, a, it was a perennial vine, something that... It will have been, yes. Yeah, yeah okay. And it was a flowering, fragrant flower, flowering vine. As would I you recall. remember it, Brian, if you heard the name? Would it... Yes, he thinks well, he... Well, you went through, uh, I know I was listening last week, and you went through a few names: yeah, yeah. area and uh, trumpet vine, and but they weren't yeah. the ones because we've had we've got a, a silver lace vine, and okay. we've, got a, we've had trumpet vines, and we've had all those, but uh, we couldn't. And it was the one we hadn't heard of, and it, mm-hmm. so we'll get that because we're going to be moving house shortly. And if we've got a fence which we could put this on, it would be good if we really knew, and it, we knew what it was. And it wasn't the hydrangea, like climbing hydrangea? No, nope, I've had that one as well. But okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, it was just an unusual name, I think, but... Uh, well, and you heard the... Um, oh, it wasn't Honeysuckle? Nope. Okay. And you heard the caller who was asking about Dutchman's Pipe? Dutchman's pipe. Dutchman's uh, yeah, pipe. I've heard that one as well. It's kind yeah. of a neat one because it has the flowers look like a pipe, a Dutchman's pipe, like a the, oh, yeah. the dipsy but, doodle. Uh, I was only caught. I wouldn't want to check up too much of your time no. just in case you had something. And I thought oh, somebody so may have sorry. called in about it, but I haven't heard anything as yet. So I just thought I'd give you a call. Okay, and it wasn't kiwi vine. I don't think so. No. I don't think that was it. All right, and then okay, I'm just trying to the one that I have at my house that I really like is called chocolate vine. Was it that one? chocolate vine because it smells no No, it wasn't that for sure akibia grows absolutely anywhere sun or shade um the the proper name is akibia a k e 
B as in Bob, I-A. What's neat about chocolate vine is the flowers are not very showy. They're actually very small and dark brown. But boy, are they fragrant. And, oh, and, well, and they smell like chocolate. That's the thing, right? They have that. They're very sweet. Okay, and, uh, well, we'll try that then. Grows yeah. in sun or shade. Look at that one up because that I have that one uh, in a very dark corner of my backyard, and uh-huh. it does very nice on the fence and over and over the gate and uh-huh. then crawls along and climbs through the fence uh, moving into the backyard. If anything, it's t- this year I think I need to pull out my chainsaw and kind of tell it who's boss because it's doing oh, a bit yeah. of a takeover in that corner. Very so th- that's when I highly recommend. Okay. Okay, then. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you for calling in from Guelph, Brian. Pleasure to have you on the show. Time is coming up to 9.52. Let me see how quick uh, our friend Charlie Dobbin is on the the uptake. Here comes her jingle. If you're going to take a pill, make sure it's the RSL. I'm not a singer, hardly. So here's some words from Charlie. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Listen to you. Yeah, I know. I hope you're getting paid some big bucks for that. Oh, I should. Uh, But you are taking CRSL. Are you not, Frank? Yes, I am. And are you? feeling loose you know i am feeling very good yes, yes indeed noticing different a difference are you, you well um, hey no aches and pains for my boxing so there you are perfect well and i think i told you my mother the quote today from my mother is she's been taking crsl for four days and this. she's feeling very frisky <laughs> frisky i love it <laughs> <laughs> hope my dad's not listening don't want him to know she's feeling frisky um okay for more information about crsl remember the website very easy sierra like the mountains S-I-E-R-R-A and then S-I-L SierraSill.com for information or call the friendly people. They're great. They'll answer all your questions. They ship for free. Try a bottle. It's a guaranteed uh, situation. If you don't yeah. doesn't work for you because it doesn't work for everybody, you'll get your money back. one joint 14 When you have a growing concern, ask the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of Scott's Wild Bird Food. Hi there, Frank Proctor along with Charlie today from AM740 saying hi to Lou calling in from King City. How are you doing, Lou? Good, good. Uh, Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Enjoy your show very much. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a question. Uh, Lilac. I had a pure white uh, lilac, which I uh, transplanted a year ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, when it bloomed uh, in the new location, it wasn't quite white anymore. It had a pinkish tone. Mm. So uh, is there something to do with the uh, acidity of the soil? It can be, or it can be that the original plant, because remember, there's, 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 there are lilacs that are grafted. <clears throat> Excuse me, they're called French lilacs. Mm. So the root and the plant that's growing above the root are not the same plant. They've actually been grown together or grafted. It could be that you've lost the graft and you lost the white part of the lilac and what's growing is the root stalk. Is that possible? Uh, it's possible, but this is not the first time it happens to me. Every white, uh, this is in a location near my pond, mm-hmm. every white lilac I've planted there, i got several of them, they all don't turn white anymore. They're all mm. pinkish. Well, it sounds to me like what you need to do is a pH test of your soil. Okay, what um, is it? Uh, so if it's an acidic uh, soil, uh, it may give me that problem. What's the opposite of uh, a treatment to that? Well, we don't usually think of lilacs as um, showing different color based on pH, but it is possible that that's what's happening there. The, the plant that we think of that shows different coloration 
based on pH of the flowers are the hydrangeas. Yes, I know So that. in an acidic soil or a pH level below 7, we will see the blue. It'll go from sort of mauves and purples to actual blue tones versus a basic or alkali soil. So above 7, we'll see it, the, the color of the flowers go from those mauves to a, a real bright pink. And, and that's where you can really adjust the colors of your flowers by adjusting pH. I'm wondering if your lilac is showing a little bit of a response to the pH by, by showing a little bit of pinkiness, but hard to say exactly what it could be. Yes, uh, I want to try that, okay? Generally, uh, um, lilacs love a pH that's right around neutral. You know, it's very close to neutral. 6.8, 6.97 is what they really want for their best, th- to thrive the best. Okay, what is the best treatment for that? I want to well, experiment. Well, so what I would do is I'd go to my local garden center, pH test kits are very simple. They're often just based on litmus paper. And so they won't give you a readout right down to decimal figures, but it certainly will give you a sense of acidity or alkalinity of the soil. If you want to adjust your pH, depending on which way you want to adjust, we use sulfur to lower the pH and we use lime to, to raise the pH. And the quantities you would use are very dependent on the area you're working and the actual pH, that you're, the, the amount of pH you're trying to change. So hard to, to give a blanket answer to that, but start with a, with a little simple test kit. And if, uh, and if you have any problems with that, give me a call again and we'll, we can work it out. You can also send soil away to a soil testing lab where they will do very, very clear testing right down to, you know, multi-decimal places of your of your pH. So you can get really good information that way, but it costs a little bit more and you have to wait for the uh, response from them. Does uh, fireplace ash uh, make the uh, soil more alkaline? It can. It can. Uh, yes, it, it can. just want to run some experiments. Okay, very okay, good. Okay, very good. Good Thank luck you. with that. You're very welcome. Thank Thanks, you Lou. very much, Lou. And our apologies to Krista and Val, who are kind of hanging on the line there. But we'll, hey, you know what? Our mantra is call early, call often. Uh, one question per call. And hopefully you'll be on the line with us. And I'm sorry we couldn't get to Krista, because Grace just always gives us a laugh here uh, by typing in some of the uh, little <laughs> clues about what folks are going to talk about. Uh, sometimes the, uh, the what we have written in front of us is quite a riot. I think rather than an anonymous tree, Grace, you might have meant a euonymous tree. Gosh, are you How, ever on I the ball, know, eh? I know. I can't stand it myself. <laughs> I know. Well, there you are. Thank you. And you say you don't know anything about gardening. Well, you absorbing stuff like crazy. I am indeed. I think you're going to try and take my job. Oh, uh, I, I don't you. think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But thank you for all your great and kind support. And the, your jingle of the day was wonderful. Well, thank you very much. I'll work on that. It'll be a little smoother next oh, time. Okay, okay, good to hear. <laughs> what do you got coming up in the next few oh, hours? Oh, going to be, hey, a little later on, a famous actor in Canada. Don Franks mm-hmm. going to be right in the studio along with James B. Wow. Right, yeah, and and one of our own guys, Dale Percy, mm-hmm. and they're going to talk about word jazz as well. I'm going to be talking to uh, one of the nylons who will be performing in St. Catharines very shortly. I'll let you know all very about that. Cool. Mm-hmm. We'll have a wonderful show. Great day. Thanks Thank you. for helping me out. And Grace, thanks always for your wonderful jokes on on the, <laughs> the monitor. <laughs> An here. anonymous trail. <laughs> and thanks to all our great callers. And certainly do call early next week, and we'll. Yeah. Get you on for Absolutely. Sure. Thank you, Charlie. See you then. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means... 
There's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.